What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod. As always, I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Clutch underscore pod. I'm also on Clubhouse as well, where I usually host rooms or join rooms, primarily talking about football, discussing a couple big matches, a couple matches that's upcoming, um, the latest news. We've had some strong ball debates on there. Not only just football as well, we talk hoops as well, NBA season coming up as well. So if that's something you feel like you'll enjoy, follow me on Clubhouse at Clutch underscore AB. I do plan on hosting a couple events after some big Premier League matches as well. So this is episode 40 of the podcast. What we're going to do this episode, we're going to basically discuss the midweek fixtures that's just gone down in the Premier League. couple surprising results as well. So we will be going through those. The first game I want to start off with is the game on one of the games on Tuesday where Man City hosted West Brom. Obviously, City, they haven't had the greatest start to the Premier League season. They've been really, really good in the Champions League, but in the Premier League, their form currently hasn't transformed really well. And that showed as they drew against West Brom, who are currently languishing in the relegation zone. Um, it wasn't the greatest of games. Gunogan scoring for City and then... Um, Ruben Diaz scoring an own goal. But this is the thing, yeah. One of the things, and I've realised a lot of people across like the football world that um, do podcasts and stuff like this, they're starting to speak on this as well. Like, it's just, football is just not the same anymore, man. And I don't know, I, I don't think this is not just coming from a depressed Man United fan who has nothing going good on for them right now. But I just feel like the quality of football has declined. Like, okay. Uh, I don't expect Man City to win all 38 games and just be dominant. Obviously, on paper, they should win. But like this is the Premier League, isn't it? This is one of the most positive leagues in the world. And West Brom did deserve that point. But it's not just like this result. Like There's been so many results where the bigger teams have just fallen away. And I feel like we're in a transition period in football at this moment in time whereby so many of the European giants have just fallen off. So you've got your Manchester United's. Uh, Man City haven't started this season well, but you've got like Real Madrid's, Barcelona, like Dortmund, like all these teams. They haven't really been, they haven't really been uh, um, exceeding the expectations or even meeting the expectations. And this has been happening for quite a few years right now. As I said, I feel like we're going through a transition period in football anyway, because you've got like Ronaldo and Messi in their twilight careers. You've got guys like Robin faded away, Ribery um, fading away, Xavi and Iniesta. So we're really turning um, into a new generation where you've got your Mbappes, your Hallands, your Rashfords, your Fordens, like all these guys on the come up. But like right now, like football, I'll be real, like it's tough to watch, man. And like I said, I don't know if it's a combination of United just being shit and then like that just contributing to me falling out of love for the game but it's just not the same anymore man like for example yeah when united played city in the manchester derby no no don't even get me started on that like i remember like i didn't even know there was a madrid derby the madrid derby was on that game that day as well and when someone told me i was like okay like it don't hit the same anymore El classical does not hit the same anymore and i don't know if it's because we've developed these attachments to the rivalries you've got your uh ronaldo di maria ozil like all these kind of guys going up against xavi iniesta alexis sanchez neymar suarez obviously all these guys have like fade not faded away but they're entering like the twilight of their careers and it's the new gen right now but the new gen right now like i'm not trying to watch an El classico and see braithwaite starting up top like i respect the grand i respect the hustle coming from middlesbrough to barcelona but it's just not the same anymore man and this is what i feel like is happening to football right now bruv but yeah i don't know if anyone feels the same if you do just 
please like tweet me or DM me on Instagram or something and then we can proper discuss this in it. But I do feel like the game has declined. It has declined. It's not the same anymore, man. But yeah, back to the Man City West Brom game. So yeah, it was a crucial crucial point for West Brom. And we did find out after that they did part ways with manager Slaven Bilic. After that draw, I feel like that's very dread. But they are sitting in 19th in the table right now. They're sitting 19th in the table right now with 7 points. One win from their opening 13 Premier League matches. So, yeah, results-wise, I understand why they decided to make this decision. But um, at the end of the day, you see the teams like West Brom and that, that come to the Premier League and sack their manager who brought them up after a few games. Like, I don't really, I don't really agree with it, man. Obviously... I understand the decision, but at the end of the day, West Brom, like, we knew from the moment they got promoted that they were going to struggle in the Premier League this season. And we also knew that with a lack of investment that they really, they, they've had that lack of investment. They're not a team like Leeds, who have an elite manager in Bielsa, and they're not a team like Fulham that have just been splashing the cash left, right and centre. Like, they've had a humble transfer window. They brought in guys like Grady D and Garnoff. They brought in Mateus Pereira on a permanent. They brought in like a centre-back keeper who hasn't even played. Carlin Grant, big up him. But yeah, these are not household names that can match works in the Premier League to the point where you can stay up and comfortably survive. Not that I think so, anyway. So yeah, parting ways with Billich, I don't know. And especially, obviously, they brought in Big Sam. You know what Big Sam's all about. You know, the Hawthorns is going to become a fortress now <laughs> under Big Sam. But Big Sam, in a way, I just see him as a quick fix, man. He's not a guy who stays at these teams, uh, who has that longevity complex whereby he's going to rebuild the team from scratch and keep them there for a very, very long time. He's just there, keep them up one season, maybe another season, and then get relegated and then get sacked again. Like Big Sam, look how many jobs he's had in Premier League where his sole goal is to survive. So, yeah, I don't know if, obviously, at this current climate with the way the pandemic is and stuff like that being in a premier league is a huge huge advantage for them but in terms of the the in terms of how the club goes forward i don't really see this decision to be very much sustainable but yeah i guess we'll just have to wait and see how this pans out another game that happened on tuesday was at the was at molyneux where wolves beat chelsea 2-1 listen wolves i like that team a lot man Raul Jimenez, prayers up to him. Obviously, he suffered that nasty fractured skull against Arsenal. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. But Wolves, they've just picked off right where they've left off. I mean, they've got so many attacking options in that position. You've got Fabio Silva, 18 years old, £35 million signing that they've brought in. I haven't really seen a lot of him, I'll be honest. But I feel like this is his opportunity now to prove to um, Premier League watchers why he was worth all that money at 18 years old. I've heard a lot of great things about him. So hopefully he does deliver. But I mean, Daniel Podence, that guy, what a baller he is. Such a hard worker as well. He's got that tenacity in him. Like, I like wingers like that. And know because he's small as well, yeah. Like, I feel like I enjoy watching him more as well because he knows what he, what he, what he lacks in height, he makes up for in heart. So I rate him a lot. And he's got incredible ability opponents and also Pedro Neto I mean he's at what 21-22 he's a baller as well um you got Adama Traore household name right now in the Premier League so yeah they've got a lot of attacking options and they played really really well to get that goal deep into added time and to secure all three points back-to-back league defeats for Chelsea they lost at Everton as well last week so um 
it's a thing whereby they've brought in all these signings. I did say at the beginning of the season it's going to take a very long time for these guys to gel because how many men did they bring in? Like six, seven, eight men. Like they haven't all been fit at the same time. Like Pulisic has been out, Ziek has been out, Thiago Silva has been out. Like Kai Havertz has been played out of position. That that's another thing that really frustrates me when I'm watching Chelsea play. He's got Kai Havertz who hasn't had the greatest start of the season, but they've got man played. Uh, on either flank, they've got Timo Werner solidly at left wing. Like I understand why Frank would want to play Werner at left wing because he's got incredible pace, he's got great dribbling ability. But really and truly, that guy is an out and out number nine. I really want to see him uh, lead the line for Chelsea, and that's another reason as to why I had that run earlier about how I feel like football's declined. I don't know why these managers here yeah, they want to play all these strikers at wingers. Like it's very very annoying. You've got bagsmen, yeah have a history a cv of scoring goals goal records like you've got your bamiangs you've got your team on awareness and they're just stranded on the wing where they look like a shell of themselves compared to how they play when they're leading the line for their teams like i don't really understand this and it's really really annoying to be honest man because i want to see these strikers essentially play as strikers i know we're slowly transitioning into like i don't want to say positionless football because it's not reached that level of basketball but like the fluidity in the game even though it's something that i respect but the striker is the focal point of the team goals win games so i don't want to really see strikers playing in unorthodox positions a lot of people have started to raise eyebrows at frank lampard um given the stretch that they've had in the premier league but i feel like they will be all right i just want their players to be played in the right position i want Havertz in the 10 i want Werner up top i want pulisic hudson odoi ziek those guys on the flank yeah that's what i want i want mount playing I feel like Mount is a very versatile baller and Frank Lampard has shown faith in him and he trusts him a lot because he's been in basically all their matchday squads. And I feel like he does earn him, man. Mason Mount, he works hard and he's also got incredible abilities. So I respect um, Frank Lampard's decision to consistently put him in the side. But yeah, I just want to see Chelsea get healthy because I feel like they do have a part to play in this title race and I feel like yeah I feel like they can they can cause a lot of noise in the Premier League man not with defeats like that though against Wolves and against Everton so they really need to fix up so moving on to other games in midweek there was a huge game at the Emirates Arsenal they haven't won in their last five Premier League games and that's just continued when they drew one all against Southampton um Southampton took the lead for your Walcott against his old club he trust me if you say celebration you would have thought he never ever played for Arsenal you would have thought he played for Tottenham <laughs> literally but yeah big up him he's really found his form at Southampton back at his boyhood club so I respect that a lot hopefully it does continue to work well for him and then Aubameyang finally breaking his goal ducked that's another thing he was playing out wide he wasn't even getting into the positions to score but he managed to finally get his goal. So I'm very happy for him getting on the score sheet because the last couple of goals he scored was like a tap-in in the Europa League and a penalty against United. So of course he had to score against her. But yeah, so a bad man getting on the score sheet. But then again, just as when you thought Arsenal were going to turn the tide and essentially get all three points because they were attacking, they looked like they were growing into the game. Gabriel gets sent off another stupid yellow card. That's another thing that has affected Arsenal this season. Disciplinary. So many red cards. Pepe sent off. Gabriel sent off. Couple other men who I can't even remember have been sent off. And then it just 
doesn't help the team. I just feel sorry for Arteta at this point. Um, but now they're going to have to deal with a suspension to probably one of the best players of the season. I know it doesn't show for well considering where they are on the table, but I like the impact Gabriel has had for the most part at Arsenal. But yeah, Arsenal right now, this is another reason why football has declined in my opinion look at where Arsenal are on the table 13 games played and they're basically in a relegation battle they're in 15th they're only five points clear of the relegation zone and they're literally rubbing shoulders with Brighton Fulham and Burnley that that is not what I expect from an Arsenal team at all man like it just hasn't gone well for them at all I know a lot of Arsenal fans they're very disappointed some of them have even begun to scream Arteta out and quite frankly, I don't blame them. I used to tell Arsenal fans, Arteta needs time. Let him have a window to bring in, a window or two to bring in the players that he likes so he can kind of mold this team in his philosophy. But right now, I don't even know, man. I would even be surprised if they do get rid of Arteta. But it's just a situation whereby, like, I get it. Teams fall off, but not to this magnitude, man. 15th in December. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, Arsenal fans, hold tight, bruv. Because this is going to be a bumpy ride, man. It's going to be a real, real bumpy ride. Let's move on, though. Another home defeat for Leicester this season. They've lost four games at the King Power Stadium. They lost to Everton side, who are looking rejuvenated now. They've got back-to-back -back wins against Chelsea and Leicester. So, what are you saying? Title charge back on? <laughs> nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. It's just that I'm on record for saying Everton are going to have a... Um, title push it was very very reactionary something that I've just seen <laughs> and something I live to regret right now but yeah they played a good game against Leicester Richarlison getting on the score sheet great goal from him and Mason Holgate I was very indifferent to this new Ancelotti setup whereby he plays four centre-backs so at the back he's got Mason Holgate Yerry Mina, Keane and um, Ben Godfrey who big up Ben Godfrey coming from Norwich 25 M's He's fitting seamlessly, a player I like a lot, a young English player, so big up him as well. But yeah, um, at first, I was thinking, like, what is, not what is my man doing, because I know Carlo Ancelotti is an esteemed manager, do not get me twisted, bruv, like, he knows what he's doing, innit? But yeah, I just find it kind of strange, but I guess it works for him, innit? Obviously, Iwobi's been running at left wing back, right wing back as well, he's just doing anything he can to onto the team sheet essentially because that's what you got to do when you're playing it will be shoes in it when you're out of favor if you get your chance no matter where you're playing uh, you just got to take it in it so big up him he's been holding down his own Everton move up to fifth in the table five points off leaders Liverpool and Leicester another disappointing home defeat as I said they didn't really look at it at all I've seen James Madison is back for them it's disappointing because they did have a big win against Brighton in their previous game so I thought they would kick on but clearly not I feel like they're still in the running obviously they're sitting in fourth right now 24 points four points off Liverpool but they really those are games that you don't want to lose especially at home I know the fact that they have no fans is affecting them, but you really need to do better at home, man. Trust me. Speaking of a team that done great at home that day, though, whew, Leeds United, they crashed it at Newcastle. 5-2, five different goal scorers as well. You know you've played a great team game, yeah, when you score five goals and five different players score. Like, Bamford got on the score sheet, Rodrigo got on the score sheet got Dallas, um, Alioski and Jack Harrison. So great, great performance for Marcelo Bielsa's men. Um, Hendrick and Clark did score for Newcastle. Newcastle even took the lead before they just got blown out of the water by Leeds United. Yeah, big win for them. Nice to see 
Patrick Manford getting on the score sheet as well. He's up to nine goals this season, Patrick Manford. So big up him. He's tucking them away. Um, I respect it a lot. Newcastle, usually Steve Bruce ball is very compact, low block, but they just they just let loose this game. I do feel like it's an anomalous result, especially against Leeds United, but they'll be all right in and around mid-table. And yeah, that's just what I feel. But that's a that's a disappointing defeat, though. I won't lie. Moving on to the big game, though, on Wednesday. Top of the table clash. Liverpool, top of the table against second place Spurs. Liverpool running out 2-1 winners. Bobby Firmino with a great header deep into added time at the end of the game to salvage all three points for Klopp's men. In hindsight, I do feel like both teams deserve something from the game. I know statistically Liverpool were all over Spurs. They dominated possession. But in terms of chances created, Spurs had a lot of chances that they should have tucked away. I mean, you know how Mourinho sets up in these games counter-attacking that's what led to them equalizing through son after Mo Salah put Liverpool into the lead counter-attacking football is what Mourinho does I feel like he did have to set up for them especially in the second half Bergvan missed two crucial chances Harry Kane misplaced in a header as well like things like that you know in the Premier League as well you got to take your chances if you don't take your chances you do get punished and that is what happened to Jose Mourinho's men I, I do not agree with his post-game interview when he said the best team lost I do not agree with his post-game interview saying that the best team lost I do feel like even though they deserved a point obviously you've got to take your chances in it so that's what Liverpool done and it's a big big win for them opening up a three-point gap between them and second place. I feel like for Spurs, that was a game to see how far they've come as a team. I mean, we all know they had a great start to the season. That win against Manchester City was great as well. But in terms of title charge, they're still missing that um, experience. Um, I do feel like Mourinho can provide some of it. But at the end of the day, the players on the pitch need that experience as well. To win a title, it takes some real mental toughness. And I don't think Spurs have that at the moment. I mean, look at what it took for Liverpool before they won a title. If you're talking before Jurgen Klopp as well, Brendan Rodgers' era, when they bottled it, they had to learn through that. They have to grow through that as a team. And then now, look at where they are. Like, even that season when they had, like, what, 97 points and they lost it to Man City on the final day, like, they had to learn through that before they became champions. So, I don't think Spurs are just going to up and win the league right now this season because they haven't learned through how to win as a team. So, yeah, that's the thing that's going to defeat them in terms of winning the Prem. And if that doesn't, then the Europa League schedule will, trust me. Then Thursday, Sunday, um, turnover games ain't it at all. Especially if you want to win the league. Son and Kane are so pivotal to what they do. An injury to any one of them um, would be seriously detrimental. Especially Harry Kane. Because an injury to Son, you've got players that can come in. Bergvan, Lamella, um, Lucas Moura, Gareth Bell. Hopefully, he finds his feet and starts scoring regularly. But Harry Kane... I don't think they have no replacement for that talisman and the goals that he brings and his impact. I know they brought in Vinicius on loan, but he's not he's not matching Harry Kane's goal record. So yeah, that's what I feel about that Liverpool Tottenham game. Um, Spurs still have a lot to work on. Mourinho knows that as well, and his players know that. But moving on though, another game that occurred on Wednesday, Fulham drew 0-0 to Brighton. Listen to the statistic though, that I find mad. Like this was the first 0-0 draw in the league. For Fulham at home, yeah, in over nine years. So they 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 haven't drawn no no at home in a league game in over nine years. That is crazy. And um, they did have 
some chances. Ruben Loftus-Cheek probably had the best chance of the game other than the Lalana goal ruled out when he went one-on-one -on -one with, what's his name, Matt Ryan. But then he pulled off a great save. It's a point, I guess it does a lot for both teams. Getting points on the board, I mean, it's, I mean, it's better than <laughs> losing. So Fulham, obviously, they were heavily, heavily criticised at the beginning of the season because they were just busting it wide open. I mean, their defence was shambolic. But they've kind of calmed down now, which I like. They brought in that Anderson Don. I think he's on loan and he's, Scott Parker's given him the captaincy. I mean, Mitrovic has lost his place in the team, which I feel like is very, very dread. I know he hasn't had the greatest start to the season for not both club what country obviously missing the crucial penalty in the shootout that sent scotland to the euros was it scotland it sent one of the home nations to the euros tom kearney's lost his place as well in the squad they brought in bobby decadova reed who's quality and adamola lookman listen we all know about that penalty miss but what a what a turnaround he has had i mean against liverpool where they got that draw he was arguably one of the best players on the park against like the Premier League champions so yeah he's really turning it around I mean at the end of the day he's still young and I don't feel like that penalty miss does define him but yeah even Bobby Reid as well he's been doing his thing like I like what Fulham have got going on I just feel like they just need to show more girth and like not quit playing this pretty football but they need to like really learn how to get stuck in as a team in it because obviously the football, as much as it's aesthetically pleasing, yeah, it doesn't always get the results. So yeah, hopefully Scott Parker figures out a way and Fulham do survive. And then the final game at this point in the recording, West Ham drew with Crystal Palace 1-0. Um, listen, I'm not no betting man, yeah, but I really, really want to know the odds of Sebastian Allaire and Christian Van Teke both scoring in that game because I can tell you right now, yeah, if I stuck a tenner on that, I would be a rich man right now. Because <laughs> both strikers have not been prolific at all in the last couple of seasons, man. But good for them getting a goal. Listen, Ale, what a goal. I mean, that overhead kick, whew, great goal. West Ham have had a solid start to the season, you know. I mean, right now they're sitting in seventh, rubbing shoulders with Chelsea and Man City. So, yeah, that's good for them. Um, David Moyes has done a great job for them. I like the signings they brought in. Jared Bowen. Four Premier League goals so far this season. Side Benarama, he's shown to have a real impact off the bench. I want to really see him force his way into the starting lineup. Thomas Susek, solid done, bruv. FPL, FPL, um, gem. Trust me, five M's. Trust me, you need to get Susek in your team, and that's the only advice I'm giving you right now. But yeah, um, Declan Rice has really started to hold his own. He's gonna, he's really filling in that Mark Noble role, future captain for the Hammers, no doubt. But yeah, it's a decent point for them. Obviously, they would have wanted to capitalize on the fact that Crystal Palace did go a man down when Benteke received a second yellow. But they get they get a point in the end, and yeah, it's not the worst result in the world. So yeah, as for Crystal Palace, they're sitting in mid table. They're just doing Palace like things, I suppose. I want to big up Eberetti Eze though. He's really really shown that he belongs in the Premier League. I mean, he's got great talent. You know, Crystal Palace love their flair players that play on the wing or in attacking roles. From I still miss them, Balassi and Zaha days trust me the streets will never forget Yannick Balassi and Wilfred Zaha on either flank of um Crystal Palace's midfield I remember I watched an interview with him no with Zaha and um Rio Ferdinand on the locker room 
Real Ferdinand's YouTube channel. Great watch, by the way. You should check it out. But he was just talking about how when Balassi was at Palace, it'll literally be like Zaha will be on the left flank, do his thing, skill out a couple fullbacks, and then switch it. Balassi on the right flank, do his thing, skill out a couple fullbacks. And that's how that's basically how they'll play the game. And trust me, that's very, very exciting football, man. Exciting football. This is what I grew up on, especially in South London, bro. At this point of recording, um, Aston Villa and Burnley hasn't kicked off yet and neither has Sheffield United against Manchester United. So I can't really discuss those games. But coming up this weekend in the Premier League, Crystal Palace hosts Liverpool at Selhurst Park. Southampton take on Man City. That's going to be a big game. That's going to also be a game to see how far Southampton have come as a team. Because right now sitting in third, I know they're probably getting nosebleeds sitting that high up in the table but that's going to be a good game especially with the way Man City have been in the league I feel like they'll be vulnerable so Southampton if they set up right I'm sure Hassan Hurtle has something off his sleeves so I won't be surprised if they really go at Man City Arsenal another tough tough game they will go to a high flying in form Everton side at Goodison Park and Goodison Park they're going to have their 2,000 fans there as well so boy that's going to be a really 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 tough game for Arsenal and they're going to be without Gabriel, one of their centre-backs. And then Newcastle hosts Fulham at St. James's Park. Sunday, we've got a couple more games. Brighton, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Leicester. That's going to be a big, big game. Two top teams in the top four. Leicester really need to bounce back. Well, away from home, they're kind of decent. Jamie Vardy has an immaculate record away from home as well. And yeah, Marino will be looking to bounce back from that defeat against Liverpool then we have a huge huge derby game Manchester United against Leeds um, two teams that have a strong strong rivalry and connection and history that span phew, multiple multiple decades and yeah I'm just disappointed that Old Trafford isn't rocking and that um, fans are not going to be allowed into the game and then West Brom host Aston Villa later on on Sunday Monday two games Burnley host Wolves again and then Chelsea host West Ham so that is it for the Premier League midweek wrap up if you're still listening on at this point much love don't forget to follow me on Twitter at clutch underscore pod and Instagram at clutch underscore pod and don't forget I'm also now on Clubhouse at clutch underscore AB and yeah hit me up man let's talk ball I'm always down to talk about football whatever we had some real um, Martinelli against Mason Greenwood debates at like 2am in the morning last week so it's good fun man it's all good vibes and yeah appreciate the love one thing I do want to say I almost forgot obviously you know Spotify do their wrapped thing for um, music and also for podcasts I got my Spotify wrapped and I just want to say much love to everyone that was sending me screenshots of them listening I've seen Clutch made a lot of top fives I'm still got a lot of work to do but I just want to say much love to everyone that's been rocking with man especially not only just my people in the UK but but the people across the pond in the US as well that I see them tuning in much love to you guys and yeah continue to to support we're only going upwards Clutch Pod, I'm out.